And thanks for doing it so soon as well. It was, yeah, you were really keen. It was great. No time like the present. <laughs> is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to fix the world's less pressing problems. The world is a bit of a mess at the moment. We've been stuck indoors for months, we've been robbed of human interaction and who knows when we'll next be able to travel internationally. We miss the freedoms that come with socialising without risk and in many ways the world feels less fun and more negative than it used to be. So, what shall we do about fun? Joining me to answer this question is musician Ben Lee, who has been spreading positivity through his music for years. He's back now with a brand new song, complete with a very quirky, colourful video clip. You're giving up romance, I want to learn to dance. You tell me culture's done. And Ben joined me to discuss his career, handling trolls, and how we should push through the hard stuff to find fun. Ben Lee, hello. Hello there. You know, you're back in Australia. You've been overseas for quite some time living in the US. How does it feel to be back in Sydney? It's interesting, you know, because I, I, I realise that these places, you know, these externalised manifestations of different aspects of humanity and of the human psyche that they each they each represent something different and we're drawn to them for different reasons you know and so for me it's so interesting whenever i'm in australia i'm like oh man australians appreciation for lifestyle is unparalleled it's up there with like italians you know like i mean just the fact that the very first thing as lockdown eases, is that picnics are allowed, is classic Sydney, you know, lifestyle uh, behaviour. But, you know, a lot of why I left and started going to America was I had this sort of other type of hunger, which had to do with, you know, go west, the pioneer type thing of like, what does it mean to want to test the limits of reality and go search for gold, join the gold rush and join the other mad people? you know? And so I'm now at a time in my life where I'm trying to balance these opposing sides of myself because they're all still there. Mm. And um, I love a good picnic. You know, I will tell you in LA, you measure me against your average person in LA and I like picnics better than most. Do they picnic much over there? (laughs) Not that much, man. Not that much, but measure me against people in, uh, in Sydney, my artistic, my artistic colleagues. And I'm a bit more ambitious than most. So it's like, you know, I got to balance all this stuff somehow. Is it hard though? I mean, I'm guessing you moved back before our current lockdown, but you know, you're stuck at home like we all are. How you how you feeling upbeat about it? Are you, are you staying positive? Well, the interesting thing, the lockdown in America, like all through 2020, you know, my kid was out of school and we were, you know, in the house, had a little bubble or whatever, but um but it was scary, man, because it was actually it was sort of like you were living through this pandemic, but in the midst of socioeconomic collapse mm. and lockdown here is look, you can disagree with the state policy or the national policy or whatever, but basically there's a general sense that there are grown-ups trying to figure it out. And that I, I don't know if Australians quite realize 
how absent that was for for Americans through this until you know once they got the vax rollout going in the states they seemed to you know but still they've hit a uh, they've hit like an uh, impasse with that you know that's not uh, that doesn't seem to be easily transcended but anyway it's all you know personally I'm a creative person I try and stay engage with the task at hand and I'm solution oriented. Right. So right now I'm doing promo because I've got a single out. Right. And I'm like, okay, so I'm doing it at home, I guess. So I rented this amazing backdrop from Marrickville prop house. Yeah. You know, I got all these amazing clothes in. I got like, I've got, um, here, what have I got right here? I've got a disco light, you know, so I'm able to, I'm doing all these like, you know, like little concerts from the living room. And that, that's kind of how I think it's more like, um, I remember hearing this great story about, um, someone who was touring with the flaming lips and, uh, they had, sorry, I'm trying to turn these bright lights off now, but, um, (laughs) and they basically had someone to help with all the luggage and everything. But every time they landed, Wayne Coyne would just get, get in there and like start moving luggage. And they said, Hey Wayne, we've got someone to do that. He was like, but this is what it's all about, man. And I feel a bit like that, you know, with show business and creativity. Like, let me get my hands dirty. Let me get beaten up a little bit. Let me get, you know, calluses. Like, I like finding fun DIY solutions to things. So that's how I stay positive, basically. Have you always been that way? I mean, you you kind of came to prominence very early. You're 14 years old. You're now in your 40s. Have you always felt like you've been that get-your-hands-dirty kind of person? Kind of. I mean, even when I didn't want to be, I was like, even when I had fantasies of just like rock stardom that um, sort of allowed me to absolve myself of any personal responsibilities whatsoever, I still loved like, oh, let's decorate this guitar. Let's like, um, let's do a collage. Let's like, like working with my hands. I suppose that is my version of like, it's like what makes music sort of salt of the earth. You know what I mean? Like music can be sort of a very abstract thing too and very esoteric, but at the end of the day, it's like plugging this cable into there and having to learn this software and putting new strings on your guitar. Like I always wanted to do all that stuff myself because it's how you're, you stay connected to your body and to the earth and to the planet. Like it's, it's like yoga. You're still a rock star though. Yeah, well, you know, that's just who I am. Like, I, yeah. I sort of came to that conclusion a while ago. Like, I remember, like, when I was a kid, like, really, like, probably just when I was starting Noise Addict, and my kind of mantra was I wanted to be a rock star with soul. Like, really, you know what I mean? Not, I don't mean, like, R&B soul, which can have soul or might not have soul, but I mean, like, tangible soul, the kind of thing where, like, people went, I don't even know what that guy's doing, but I, I get a vibe. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like as opposed to something that was gentrified and, um, and plasticky, like I wanted you to see the warts and the, I wanted to, you see the seams where things were stuck together. To me, that's soul. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You, you've had such an interesting career. It's, it's as, like, like you've said, we've talked about, it's taken you all around the world and you're back here in Sydney now. You kind of like to me at the moment seeing what you're doing with this new music. There was this beacon of positivity, and uh, and that's been around for a long time. We know "Catch My Disease," one of your biggest songs, but at times you, you also have been brought down by others. And I think of there's that famous line from Powderfingers Bernard Fanning, which I won't repeat. How, how have you handled your critics, and has that changed over time? Yeah, it changes. I mean, I suppose like. 
that's one of the thing about accepting being in the role, you know, is that in my personal life, I generally don't hit back. Mm. Um, just because I see it as like resolving conflict is one of the ways of being a, uh, it's kind of a stand-up member of a family or a community or a neighborhood, you know, but in the theater of pop culture, slapping back is, it's not only necessary, it's like um, didactic. Like you, like you, you teach a part of your art can be the way you respond to these moments, you know? And for me, I've, I've tried to never respond with meeting insult for insult. I've tried to, in my own way, with absurdism and with my sense of humour, to respond with um, kind of taking almost like the creative high road. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean not hitting back. You know what I mean? Like when Bernard, and, you know, me and Bernard are these many years later, it's like that, though we were kids then, you know. But, <laughs> but when we went through that and he called me a precocious little I was like, look, here's Papa Smurf telling the other Smurfs not to leave the village, basically, you know? And it wasn't, that's not an insult to him. I was just saying, I, I, I'm not worried about gatekeepers, right? And in my own way, I think those types of, um, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, seeking retribution or vengeance, you know, when done with wit and humor, they're more fun for culture, right? Because culture is built on things rubbing up against each other and mm. causing tension and conflict. And that's part of why we like having different personalities in the public eye. Like if everyone agreed, there wouldn't be much room for discourse, you know? Mm. And I like that there's conflict, but I also like that we can react to conflict with varying degrees of responses. It doesn't all have to be like hostility built on, or like machismo built on machismo. Like I think that's sort of old fashioned, you know? I, I was stunned to read that your album I'm Fun coming out next year is your twentieth album. Like that's that's huge. Have you found it hard to keep over the many years your career going when you've you know you're thrust into the spotlight as a young age? Have you found a need to uh, uh, reinvent yourself over the years? Yeah, I think I always admired artists who reinvented themselves. I think I have a a mix. Like part of me is like an indie rock guy who basically at the end of the day, it's me and an acoustic guitar. That's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I accepted that some time ago and I can use drum machines and loops and synthesizers and all that, but it's still like this whole album. It's pretty, the production's pretty complex. And it's like working with people like John Bryan and Sadie Dupuis and like Shamir, like interesting out of the box thinkers sonically, but still every song started, I wrote it on acoustic guitar and that's the first thing I laid down. And then we added stuff. But at the same time, I've always admired people like Bowie and Dylan who there was like a leaning into artifice, you know, and the idea that there are things we're trying to communicate with each chapter, mm. like with each album, I see it as almost like the album is a mission statement for the next chapter of my life. Like I make an album where I almost like, even if I'm writing about the past, I actually end up writing about the person I want to become. So I write with, from the most aspirational place, like almost like I create the coolest version of myself at any given chapter. And then I go through the alchemical process of turning into that person. 
by putting the music out there and saying these things, you know? So, so I think it's kind of like, I, I think it's fun to play with that. Like everything communicates, fonts communicate, clothes communicate, colors communicate, guitar sounds, drum sounds. They're all aesthetic choices. I actually have a song on the new record called like this or like that. And it's about the opening line of it is, um, it may come as some surprise that I've always been more of a stones than a Beatles guy. Cause there's a point when the road divides and your feet can only walk down one path at a time. And it's, it acknowledges that it's sort of arbitrary, like these aesthetic choices we make who really cares basically like we're living in the face of climate change and the rise of white ring right wing nationalism. Does it really matter if you're a Nirvana or a Pearl Jam person? But at the same time, the color, the, 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 the tapestry of culture is formed through these silly arbitrary alliances to different aesthetics. And so I do think it's fun to play with them while having something of a perspective that it also doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, and when you see the video clip to your new single, that's definitely the case. Can you tell us a bit about what it, uh, it has in it if people haven't seen it? Yeah. Well, I, I made it with Byron Spencer who, um, He's like a pretty edgy Sydney, like fashion music, um, photographer, filmmaker. He's also a musician. He, he's just like a creative mastermind. He reminds me a bit of like a young Spike Jones. like oh, yeah. just everything he touches is weird and wonderful and just enchanting. And I just saw his work and was like, I want to mainline that. Shit. I was like, come on, let's do, I want to work with this guy. So I just did the whole project with him, video, album cover, photos, single cover. And we were also looking for things we could do that were sort of more post-production heavy because it's during lock. We did it right in the heaviest part of lockdown where even assembling three people to shoot something was quite complicated in terms of permits and COVID testing and all of that. So, so <laughs> we were talking and I was like, this is what I, I just want it to be like fun and cheeky and weird. And he was like, and sexy. I was like, yeah, and sexy. So it's basically my head on this nude dancer. Um, and, uh, it's just brilliant, man. It's like, and he kept adding, cause there's so much like visual effects and everything in it. And he kept adding stuff. He's like, is this too far? And I was just like, more is more, man. More is more. Let's do it. <laughs> cause it's like, not only are you competing, you know, for people's eyeballs, an attention span like you do have to wow people a little bit more than ever before but it's also kind of like i think we're living in a time where people are depressed and they're worn down mm. and you want to like i've always had that side of me that wants to like shake people a little bit and be like come on man we're here we're doing it you know it's like that's my like radical side and um and i think in a way positivity it, is more when it comes from a 43 year old who's actually lived a real life of success and failure and struggle and grief and upheaval. And you still see them going, stay positive, man. It's more meaningful than when it comes from a 23 year old who is yet to engage with many of the areas that as humans we suffer in, you know, it's credibility. You get credibility. Yeah. And I think, for me, when I heard that you were on The Masked Singer, you were unmasked just a few weeks ago as the professor. It it made sense for you to be on that show. You know, some people might say, what's Ben Lee doing on a show like that? But it just, 
it seems to fit with who you are. Did you love being part of that show? Yeah, it was, it's funny because I'm not opposed to, I don't have, like people often ask me like, would you ever be in another movie? Would you do this? Would you do that? I say, dude, I have no rules. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my rules are, and this is something I learned from the Grateful Dead. Does it sound fun? That's it. If it sounds fun, you're going to project a good energy and people are going to want to be part of it. If you're doing something that's like cycling uphill in quicksand because your record company says it's a good idea, it's just not going to work like quote unquote culturally, you know, like basically I think being a public figure, I would call it as like, it's like a form of cultural leadership. Right. And it's not that different to like leading a company, being a CEO or something like Mm. people want leadership. They want to get behind something and your vision has to be enjoyable or you're going to attract basically all you're going to attract is masochists. You know, like I don't want that. That's not my type of audience. Like I want people that go that get on board because it's a fun journey Mm. and it's an open it's an open door policy. Like I've had a 30 year long career and you can come in and out as it pleases you. You can get on with this album. You can get off at the next one. You can, none of it matters, but the invitation has to be fun. So basically when I hear about things and they give me a certain feeling of like, Oh, I want to do that. Then I do it, you know, and obviously you got to make money and you got to get paid and all that. But I've been, um, I've been offered other things in that realm of like reality TV for more money that sounded less fun that I didn't do. So to me, the Mars Singer had the same kind of like sort of psychedelic aspect. Like, like when you watch it, you actually feel like you're in a different reality. And that's, that's what drew me to it. Bizarre. Did you get a say in your costume or did they say this one's for you? They, they sent me a sketch and they were like, what do you think? And I was like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's me. Like I saw that mad professor. Cause I was actually, as we were putting the whole, this whole album together and this is what felt so right about it. I kept talking to like Justin Stanley who co-produced the record. I said, it's gotta have like a Willy Wonka vibe. Like I'm at that age now where like, cause I love people like Lee Perry and stuff, but ultimately I think they were sort of self-destructive. Mm. Like there are a lot of mad professors in the culture that lack the sort of self-protective mechanism of actually having like a happy family life and not succumbing to like drug addiction and you know burning bridges in all their business relationships and all that i I just like the i like the vibe of like yeah man i want to tinker away in my own unique way on my career because this is my artwork right it's a Mm. whole big artwork and um and it just felt like yeah that's what i am man i'm a mad professor so let's let's do it What I find remarkable about you is that, you know, you've got this new album out called I'm Fun and that's that's who you are. You're having fun on TV, you're having fun through your music and yet at the same time we're living in a world that isn't all that fun at all. You know, we're struggling with um, social isolation and mental health is a, is a big thing as well. And I noticed as well on your Twitter that you've been pretty vocal these days about, you know, getting getting vaccinated and I think that's such a, a good use of your platform. A, a tweet that you shared earlier this month, Let's not waste energy piling on people who make mistakes with messaging around vaccines. Let's stay positive, keep our eye on the prize, and continue to share good, trustworthy, science-based info on vaccine efficacy and safety. Is it a is it a paradox to be both positive and fun and on social media? How do you do both at the same time? I mean, I think your question might reflect your experience on social media more than mine. Like, to True. me... 
I'm on it because it's fun. I'm addicted to it because it's fun. And some of my dearest friends and collaborators on this album, I met through social media. I met Georgia Mack on social media. I met Shamir. I met Christian Lee Hudson. Like, so, you know, I, I think activism is fun. I think being involved in politics um, is fun. I think we should stay alert to what's happening and we should call out hypocrisy and we should use our voices because it's fun, man. You know what I mean? Like it's more fun to be a member, like a functioning member of society than to be passive. Surely at the same time though, you have copped a lot of heat, you know, from anti-vaxxers who don't agree with your message. How do you reflect that? How do you just shrug it off? Well, I don't always, but I think what we started talking about was dealing with uh, criticism and also like the theater of um, antagonism and all of that stuff that social media plays into. Like that's part of the job, man. And I love the job. You know what I mean? Like I went like my wife, I'm very protective of, like sometimes she wants to post something. And I was like, oh, don't do it. Cause you can't handle the, the pushback you're going to get. You know what I mean? Like you have to be, that's what born for this bullshit about. Like, you have to be made of the right stuff to tolerate the pushback. Hmm. And I, after this many years, I know I'm made of it. I know I can handle it. So it's fun for me, but it might not be fun for someone a little more fragile, you know. But you must find great joy and fun in spreading the fun yourself, I imagine, to others across. Because you're on TikTok, right? I'm not on TikTok, yeah, but it. I've heard that, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that you've become a bit yeah. of a TikTok addict. Yeah. I love it. Um, I was really resistant to it, but my daughter and my stepdaughter were both on it. And then my record label was like, you should get on it, man. And um, I think I, in my mind, I did that thing that a lot of people do where they go, nah, I've adapted one too many times, (laughs) one too many platforms. That's it. I'm cutting it off. I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick with my hand right now. Um, And I was just like not willing to go there. Um, But what, what I like about TikTok is that it's the only platform that is truly not an echo chamber. And I don't necessarily mean politically. I mean, just in terms of like sharing my spirit, my psyche, my ideas, TikTok is based on being exposed to videos and creators that you haven't seen before. Mm. And that's how you expand your audience. And the, the deeper question that came up for me was, well, do I want to keep expanding? Do I want to keep the door open or not? Because maybe I don't. Maybe I want to go, you know what? Let's just keep, um, let's just go the audience that I've accumulated. Let's solidify them. Let's keep communicating with them. Let's super serve them. But I don't. And I, I think part of the reality is that I meet enough younger artists who like people like Mole Rat and like, you know, Mole Rat's 18. Like, and she understands my vibe and she understands and she takes some inspiration on the way I've approached my career. And I go, oh, young people, and I don't mean this in an ego way, but I was like, young people need my too. You know what I mean? Like we all have a service to provide. And if I was to cut off and say, I'm not getting on TikTok, TikTok, on TikTok because I don't want to, uh, worry about what younger generations like are they gonna I, I think that would be in a way selfish like it, it's selfish to limit who has access to your ideas I mean that's a big part of why I've struggled in the past with things like Kickstarter or Patreon because I'm not that into exclusive content 
I'm a very open door policy person, you know, and I want to, I believe in, even in my most obscure thing I do that if I make a record, some weird side project that I know is going to disappear into the ether, it is still there for anyone who wants to check it out. Hmm. And that is fundamental to the way I make music. I guess we talk about fun, joy, positivity, uh, you know, there's a mental health crisis happening around the world at the moment with uh, with this lockdown, and, we, and it'll probably continue for many years to come. What advice do you have, I guess, to those who are struggling, who might be listening to this, to to stay upbeat even though the world sucks at the moment? Look, something I learned from Buddhists is that, like, most Buddhist meditations are about the fact that life is suffering and that we get sick and die yet they're very cheery people. So actually, through acceptance of darkness, there are new levels of positivity you can unlock. Mm. You know, I don't think it's about being Pollyannish and naive about how much suffering there is in the world. It's about actually admitting how much suffering there is in the world. Because once you admit it and you're not fighting against it anymore, it's a fact of life. You know what I mean? Like, then, then it's like, you don't have to worry about it that much. It's like, yeah, life is suffering. That's yeah. one of the noble truths, right? Yeah. And so from that place, like, you can smile and you can go, it doesn't, it can be nihilistic or it can be solution oriented. For me, it's more solution oriented. It's more going like, okay, life is suffering. Let's figure out what we can do to alleviate as much suffering as we can for as many people on the planet as we can Hmm. without living in the fantasy that it's going to be a walk in the park for everybody. Cause it's not going to be, but we get to help each other. We do get to comfort each other and we do get to like make more sustainable decisions about the planet. And we do get to like, we get to think about public health and, and um, being involved in policies that are better for more people, you know, not just a few people, not just rich people, not just white people. So I look at it all as going, within the umbrella of life is suffering. How much fun can we have here? Which I guess leads to my final question. Uh, Ben Lee, what shall we do about fun and positivity? What shall we do about it, man? Let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. It's like, I think it's like the coolest thing is that humans' ability to find solutions does seem somewhat connected to relaxation. There's something about, like you hear scientists and inventors all the time saying they put down the project and they went for a walk and a solution came, or songwriters. Happens to all kinds of people. But there's something about enjoying being in your body, enjoying the feel of music, the feel of the sun, the feel of the ocean, enjoying the company of people you love enjoying music, you know, there's something about all of that that can get us into a place where we can find solutions to things. So I think it's just about like embracing it, man. And not just embracing it as a, uh, as like a novelty, but embracing it as a vital part of how we're going to save the planet. Mm. Yeah. And I'm thankful for what you're doing, Ben, and, uh, and for the joy in your music as well. Really appreciate your time. Right on, man. Thanks for having me. Ben Lee's new album, I'm Fun, will be out in June. And you can find Ben on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Lee Music.
Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends about it and uh, why not leave a lovely little review on Apple Podcasts if that is where you're hearing this. The show is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can also get in touch with me at whatshallwedopod at gmail.com anytime. Always keen to hear from you. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with original theme music by Chad Gardner. I'll catch you next time.